Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down to talk about um, centering prayer. Um, We talk about um, connected and similar listening prayer. Um, This is very similar to our conversations around the book Open Mind, Open Heart by Thomas Keating. Um, But this is more focused on our experience, uh, David's experience and his insights and um, observations around these topics but before we get into that thank you to danny west he does all the editing and sound engineering thank you to jacob nettia monk drums that's what you hear in the background if you want to learn more about desert rain community the ruined.com is a place to go for that drcrpod.com is a place to go for other episodes if you'd like to get david's book desolate beauty the book of light and shadow dreamwalkaway.com is a place to go for that or you can go to amazon and get the kindle version by the same uh, title name or you can go to youtube and find an american sign language translation just uh, search dreamwalkerway if you enjoy what you're hearing please tell a friend word of mouth and social media really helps us we appreciate you and let's get into it. I'm going to pour this first. <laughs> Welcome to Desiree Community Radio. I'm going to redo that. Three, two... See, now that you're here, you're distracting us. So you're gonna, you're just making more work. Yeah, because I say shit to impress you and make you. Um, three, two, one. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, you put a little emphasis on the R there, David Morrison. The radio, the radio. Danny West is in the house with us again. He just, he just gave us a thumbs up. Um, how are you? I'm a little sleepy, a little groggy for some reason. I don't know why. How's your your healing process? It's, you know, finally got an appointment with the doctor. So yeah, two <laughs> months next later. month. Yeah. Um, today we are going to explore um, listening prayer, centering prayer. It might even replace one of our episodes for the Pathways to Presence. We'll see. We'll see how the conversation unfolds, um, but maybe you could start us up. So, so one of the topic, the topic we're going to start off with is this idea of um, <laughs> freestyling prayer, recited <laughs> prayer, and listening prayer. Um, so maybe if you could give us the the quick elevator pitch of each one of those, um, and we've talked about it in a previous previous episode. We don't remember which one where we kind of go in depth in the, in these, in two of the three things. Um, so Mr. Morrison. Yeah. It's like the ancient prophet, uh, Chuck D said, I don't freestyle it much, but I write him as such. <laughs> and his compatriot Flava Flav said word. Sorry. That's, anyway, how, that's uh, how you know a great freestyle is when it sounds like a freestyle, but most rappers write them ahead <laughs> of time. There's very few that actually freestyle. It's a little known. But yeah, I would, uh, let me give a, a larger context. I, I think, so we're talking about a contemplative experience 
specifically in Christianity, though it bleeds, you know, uh, contempl contemplatives are able to, to, to talk and compare notes with, uh, you know, interspirituality with interspirituality right. with other religions. Um, so, so it seems like every religion has the, the, the institution on the outside core, uh, mm. the outside of the ball, if you will, uh, that that's sort of the part where you would expect the dogma. The, yeah, the rules, the rigid, the rigid creeds, rules. Yeah, the things that you're supposed to do, how to eat, how not to eat, how to, you know. But then you get down into the depths of it, and, and they all have a contemplative, mm -hmm. chewy center, so to speak. And uh, and that's where things, uh, where commonalities can right. be found. And so and we're also in Christianity uh, up against, not really against, but in the context of the popular day, the popular form of spirituality today is influencer Christianity. I just came mm. up with that influencer well, Christianity. Uh, and all it is, is a evolution of the hipster pastor. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. 10 years ago, it was yeah. the hipster Christianity. Yeah. Uh, you know, because uh, if you watch the influencers, they're, they're saying the same thing as the hipster pastors are. Yeah just on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, yeah. TikTok or whatever the... And it doesn't ask or demand anything from the believer. So there's no... Well, it, it asks for a like and except subscribe. For money. <laughs> except for money, yeah. Like, subscribe, and money. And, and yeah, like, subscribe, and money, and hit that <laughs> notification bell. Can you imagine if you hit every notification of every website and social media thing and video that you ever watched? How many? Jesus. <laughs> You'd get a thousand a day. So anyway, if, if yeah. Not more, yeah. So this, so yeah, and 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 it is popular. Yeah, these hipster pastors have now kind of become. Uh, they don't they don't call it they they call themselves life coaches too. So mm. they go into that grift as well. There's a lot of grifters in the in the life coaching biz. I mean, uh, I, would, I would I would argue ninety percent of them are. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they have specific skills in. Business management. Well, that's what I mean. Like ten percent. Yeah. That's the ten percent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But otherwise, and most because most people that could coach you on your life, yeah, are too busy living their life successfully. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to your mama what she said, and if you if your mom wasn't good, then maybe your grandma or grandpa. Uh, oh, and speaking of all that, if you need a life coach, feel free to email me at d period j period mason eight three at gmail dot com. I'll take your money and I'll send you down a rabbit hole, baby. Let's do it. And and the point of this is is of of the influencer Christianity is or hipster Christianity is how how can I use God to better my life mm -hmm. in materials in uh, mental health and those kinds of things. So those aren't you know it's not evil or wrong or bad. It's just not the point of contemplative Christianity or what Christ was teaching. And it's an outgrowth of the name it claim it thing uh, right maybe not an outgrowth but i uh it's yeah it's, or is it closer to the prosperity gospel or am i, I way off yeah base? so you have the hardcore prosperity gospel which is truly just american consumerism right baptized with some christian language right and so then you're looking at you the, dave ramsey <laughs> well yeah so no he would he's not a he wouldn't be in that camp at all no oh, okay uh you would we're talking kenneth copeland we're talking the, the dudes that have uh, jets, 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 like that. Uh, but then, yeah. So then you have the 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 I call it the the prosperity light. Mm. And these are the people that wrote like there was a book years ago, twenty years ago, called The Prayer of Jabez. 
which was, it's in the Bible, but it was written, but the book was written by, a, I think a Baptist or somebody. And so it was kind of the lighter version of okay. God will make you rich. God will give you comforts. Heal and so you. Dave Ramsey would be in that okay. kind of thing. And then, you know, and if you are working two jobs and trying to support a couple of kids and uh, it's your fault, you're poor, mm-hmm. you know, somehow, you know, and yeah, screw you, Dave Ramsey. I'd like that on. So what's the name it, claim it? That would be the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you do these. But it's a lighter version. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. In fact, it has more in common with uh, the the more materialistic new age mm. uh, things. Yeah. I don't it's just know. all in your head. If you think the right thoughts, yeah. if you speak the, the right secret. words. The secret, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. more in tune with that, and except okay. they just replace the secret with the universe with Jesus. Jesus. Anyway, so that yeah, total sidetrack so, that I didn't yeah. mean to take us down. So the contemplative side of of Christianity, yeah, is to go into what you uh, what is now, you know, and to truly experience uh, the presence and absence of of God Herself, God Himself. Um, that's. And that's uh, what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mystical Christianity, um, even though that's a, a loaded word as well, mm-hmm. you know, it's so contemplative Christianity or just Christianity. So, so then um, with that sort of, with that setup, can you break down sort of that, what the original question around the um, spontaneous prayer, the recited prayers, and then this like listening prayer yeah. that, that we're going to delve. That's So for those listening, that's the one we're going to yeah. really delve into this after or whatever today on, yeah. this, on this Tuesday <laughs> or whenever you're listening. Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. Um, we won't have to pay for that, do we? They won't even singing. recognize what song it is. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, we don't have to pay for it. Or if we do, we'll just take the, the episode down. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so so our model is is Christ, and in the in the four gospels you see uh, Jesus often says he especially in the Gospel of Luke he goes away to a solitary lonely place he lived a life of prayer that's uh, of of solitude going mm-hmm. alone um, we don't know what prayers he might have been praying but we can guess that mm-hmm. it's a good estimate that he would probably pray the Psalms as, mm. a, as a Jewish... As a uh, good Jewish boy. <laughs> as a good Jewish boy in first century Palestine. Uh, or, or you know, then the various Jewish uh, scripture, the Shema's is there, you know, uh, may God cause his face to shine upon you. Mm. Uh, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Uh, these kinds of things. Uh, the law itself... Um, and and so and you know and then finally his his disciples push him to well give us a prayer they got a prayer over there you mm-hmm. know John's disciples they got a prayer we got to get us some name tags and it's almost like he's reluctant all right when you pray pray this and he mm-hmm. gives a jumping off prayer which is the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and so I forgot what your question <laughs> yeah you was. went down a totally different know, I'm a little groggy today for some reason. <laughs> Uh, well, let, let's just, let's just, yeah, let's just continue on that path. <laughs> let's and, just wind him up and um, talk. <laughs> and let's explore the sort of the Hebrew scriptures of the, you know, sort of the things that would have influenced Christ in his prayer. Let's delve into that a little bit more. 
and and sort of and why is that relevant today right like yeah. why why are the hebrew for maybe a novice or even just someone like well i'm a christian i don't need to know about the the hebrew scriptures it's 2023 yeah you know i, I would say that that is a foul you, you know what i mean like why is that assumption incorrect well because jesus christ uh jesus of nazareth was jewish mm-hmm. uh Paul the apostle was Jewish, right? And so, uh, Christianity is indebted to Judaism. Mm-hmm. So it originally started as a branch of Judaism. It right. never intended to break from it, mm. uh, but you know, as things go, it did. And there's a long history there. Uh, and it's not to say that that what Christianity is now in in all of its forms isn't. It, it's not. Uh, it doesn't have the the level of Jewish influence as it did in the first century mm-hmm. in right, Palestine. Right, right. Yeah, uh, even in that first century, you had the Church of Antioch, which was a bunch of pagans, mm. uh, if you will, the the goyim, the the Gentiles, people like us, uh, and and so other influences were going to come in. You read the the Paul's letter or or Paul's disciples who wrote it; they're not sure. If, who authored those like mm-hmm. Ephesians and Colossians. Okay. Those were definitely people in urban Roman mm. cities who might have been involved with uh, the what they call the mystery cults where you get, uh, I guess a good, uh, maybe a connection to, of today would be the lodges of, in esoteric mm. Christianity, uh, the the what am I sure the Golden Dawn that W. B. Yeats was a part of uh, these occultic kinds of okay kinds of things so they they were a part of that you know they might have been devoted to a specific god or goddess like Artemis uh, and and they go through a series of rituals mm-hmm. secret rituals and handshakes and all that kind of stuff get initiated levels of initiation so those churches came out of out of that influence as well. So you have a, so it's all mixed. Yeah. And I'm not it's sure. All, it's all been blended up yeah, over the yeah. 2000 years. But the thing about in the heart of Judaism, one uh, is at least when you read a surface reading of the Jewish scriptures is that this is the God that dwells in their midst. Mm-hmm. And the presence of this God can be, and should be uh, encountered and, and speaks, communicates, uh, des- actually desires communion. Mm. And so that's, that's what we're talking about yeah. here is this, this, uh, the experience of presence. And so that's prayer is that conduit. And then, so, and sort of at the beginning, you started off with this idea of um, all the religions having this contemplative center to it, right? This contemplative, aspect to that yeah and so sort of transitioning from the hebrew scriptures into the new testament and sort of how that how that has unfolded i guess specifically in your life right and in in the modern modern time that you've experienced it yeah yeah it's a a good word that would kind of cross them all would be awakening Uh, you know the awakening of your soul to life itself, um, breaking out of, you know, uh, the, the existence routine, you know, mm. I, I get up in the morning so I can go to work 
so I can have money to buy food so I can have the strength to get up in the morning <laughs> go to, to go work. to my job so that I can buy food so I can have the strength to get, you know, to yeah. break out of that cycle of just survival and, and, and existence uh, and into experiencing what is right in front of you, mm. your own self. Uh, and so in Buddhism, it would be uh, just the, the awakening. Mm-hmm. That's what Buddha means. Someone that woke up. Mm. Everyone is a Buddha in that tradition. Uh, in Islam, you have the Sufis who have the word fauna, which is uh, the, the, the distance, the illusion of separation between the beloved and the lover, uh, God and you, your soul, mm-hmm. uh, is is erased. Mm-hmm. The illusion, or it's exposed as an illusion and, and is, you know, not there anymore. There's a unity of experience there. That's the Sufis. Christianity would be communion. Mm-hmm. It would be divine intimacy. Um, you know, and, and in, in Judaism, you know, there, there's talks of God binding the people of Israel to his, her heart. There's mm. female uh, attributes, the Shekinah. I think we talked about that yeah. last week. Is the female sense of God's presence in their midst, um, and so uh, yeah, there's this binding to the heart kind of thing. And then there's no, there's only one heart as a well, result. Well, and the beautiful thing about that too, kind of going back to that, the preface you gave with like the existence, is when you step into these contemplative ways you can still have that existence. Wake up, go to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You could be but, in a prison, yeah. But you're also having this, um, oh, what's the word? Union with God yeah. as you're moving through the world. So instead of just waking up, just going right. to work, just eating to have the strength, just to go to work, you know what I mean? It becomes, you can use that as part of your routine yeah. of a contemplative lifestyle um, to have that encounter yeah. with the divine. And that's true for any, you know, any life someone's live experiencing right now. Yeah. You know, I, I can't remember. I was, I was listening to an interview uh, about a gentleman who was wrongfully incarcerated. He didn't, whatever the, you know, whatever the, I think it was a murder, whatever it was, but somehow he used that existence to transform into this contemplative lifestyle. You know, and, and, and through that, not only he was able to get help to get his conviction removed, but he had learned the law so well that he was helping. He basically became a, a, a lawyer within yeah, a jailhouse. Lawyer, yeah. And, and was lawyer. able to get multiple people, um, have their, you know, yeah. was able to help them through there. So, you know, once again, this idea of service, yeah. right? Like they weren't paying him to be, he just didn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. And he, you know, he, um, Hearing him, it was interesting hearing him talk about his own case, right? But then hearing him talk about other people who he had helped, yeah, there was like a a, um, a joy in his voice yeah. that was really um, interesting to hear. Um, it wasn't even really pointed out during the interview. You could just hear that like excitement. Yeah. It wasn't even excitement. It was just joy of being yeah. able to be of service to another human being. In some small, well, not in that case. It was a big way, right? But um, yeah, yeah, and it can happen. You can have two people in the same prison cell, and one is in truly in hell, and mm-hmm. the other one is in heaven. And it's mm-hmm. you know, uh, the first time I 
went to a thing in the a ministry related thing in a prison. Uh, one of the first people I met was they had just been under three weeks of lockdown, which means mm. they were just stuck in their cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked this random guy in our group, you know, oh, what was that like? And he said, Oh, he goes, it was, it was good. He said, uh, I have tinnitus. Mm. And so I concentrate on that buzzing in my ear and my prison cell gets transformed into a monastic cell. He was a white, he had been a white collar criminal, mm-hmm. or in other words, a businessman who got caught. Yeah, he stole, he's, <laughs> he stole the monies. And so. And, he was made off. <laughs> and his wife divorced him when he went to prison. And right. So he said, I gave, he goes, I gave uh, the house to my wife. I've been accepted into the Gray Friars in Albuquerque, mm. which are a homeless set, uh, set of uh, Franciscans, Franciscan monks. He said, I'm getting out. I think he was getting out like that week. Oh, wow. And he said, I'm going to head off to Albuquerque and be a homeless monk. And so, yeah, and I was just like, wow, that's amazing. So it's, yeah, so this, so it seems like the pattern is if you can develop a listening ear and the way that you develop a listening ear in these traditions is giving yourself to silence. And then there comes a point where the silence gives itself to you. Mm -hmm. And then... You have an encounter with presence, some sort of awakening. It could be emotional. It could be just a sense of the eternal breaking in. It mm-hmm. could be uh, a, a, in the Buddhist tradition, they just call it equanimity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you just experience your, or, or the Lebowski would call it, you experience the abiding. You're just abiding, dude. You f- mm-hmm. And you experience your dudeness or dudessness. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Or anything in between that, you know, those. Um, and so, yeah, there's, so that's an awakening. And then in the, in the Hebrew tradition and Christian tradition, in that state, the word of the Lord will come to you. That's a, that's a mm. phrase that you hear in Christian scriptures okay. throughout and Hebrew scriptures. The word of the Lord came to so-and-so, mm-hmm. uh, which is an awakening of, of your heart an awakening, like you said, and then a breaking into service of breaking into uh solidarity uh in in all kinds of forms and so well and it's so. funny too because the order there's no uh oh what's the word it's not a there's not a recipe as far as order because yeah. sometimes you have to do the service yeah yeah for, there's no for you to, to for you to break yeah. into that point where you're you're open enough your uh the listening ear is is enough yeah. for you to realize so for me it was the opposite right it sounds like you the the silence came first you heard the word and then it it helped you break into service yeah and i wasn't even really i was 12 years old and i went to mass because they made us go to mass mm-hmm. and we went to the very last one that we could go to so to edge out well, i was already bitter because i'd missed saturday morning See, once upon a time, you two are too young to know this, but uh, before VCRs, you had one shot at cartoons when you were a kid, and it was Saturday mornings. It's the only time cartoons, except for- Well, we couldn't afford a VCR, so we still had the one <laughs> well, time. Oh, no, this is before they even existed. This is in the 70s, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm saying I didn't grow, we, we didn't have one of those until later. I think my dad had to steal it from Walmart or something. <laughs> I think we got one in the early 80s. The first movie I saw was Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But anyway, and so I was already resentful because I had to go to catechism on Saturday mornings and I'd miss, especially in the fall, I'd miss the 
the new cartoons that came out, you know, the Laugh Olympics uh, was one of them. Uh, anyway, and so Sundays we'd go to the very last mass, you know, uh, and, and they literally call it, I don't know if they still do, but at, in those days they'd call it your, uh, uh, this is your, your Sunday mass obligation. Oh yeah. This is your, still, yeah, yeah. this is your obligation to go here. You, 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 you pick up a mortal sin because they, uh, I've seen on our websites for Catholic churches where they will specifically put yeah, that this particular, the Saturday night one fulfills your Sunday obligation. Yes, like yes, it, exactly. there's a little asterisk on it. <laughs> and so we were just passive aggressive Irish Catholics. Uh, and so we went to the evening Sunday one, right? The, uh, we call it the hangover, <laughs> the hangover mass, right? <laughs> the last minute, I mean, barely the, the last second shot. And so I was just sitting there bored like I always was and went up for communion and had the awakening mm. of the sacred heart of Jesus. Uh, I wasn't particularly looking for it. I wasn't. And so I, I, I think this God is always communicating is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and it is different for every. So yeah, for me, yeah. I had to put myself into a place of service. And then, and then through that service, I, and I remember very specifically where I was specifically about silence. So even yeah. I was, I was meditating a little bit during this process, but it, it, they were like guided meditation. So yeah. as, as I was sitting there, I was listening to something, but I remember hearing a guy talk about, um, he'd gone on a, I think it was a 10 day meditation retreat or a seven day meditation retreat. So I started asking questions about it and you know, it was just silence. There was no, no guided meditations. Mm -hmm. It was, there was a discourse in the evening for like an hour, yeah. but the rest of the day was silence. And, um, and so, and even then I thought that was, I was like, ah, that's a little too drastic. <laughs> it's a little right. bit too much. Yeah, yeah. But through staying in that same vein of service a couple of years later, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go check that thing out. And, and, um, it was just, it was the most transforming thing I could have done in in that period because it you know what we're talking about it just feeds on itself yeah, like you yeah. go into that silence and you're like oh shit service and then you go into service and you're like oh shoot that you know it and it it's unbelievable to me how it seems paradoxical that those two would feed each other. Yeah. so much exactly. but they really truly do yeah it's true the only thing different about me i think might have been was just being very a sickly child you know mm. a near-death experience at nine in the hospital you know i had pneumonia and the flu <laughs> right on my bingo chart uh and maybe that you know being close to death maybe mm -hmm. uh, and at an early age right that's the only thing that was different everything else was you know, I, I consumed probably the same amount of television as anyone else. I had just as much of a dirty mind as any other nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid. Well, and I think uh, too, when we're talking about the divine, right? So this, so for your, you know, your experience, having had that um, experience with the divine heart, the sacred heart, that's just how the divine works sometimes. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, people just have these incidents. Yeah. Um, these awakenings, you know, you can, there's an infinite number of words you can yeah. use for them. Spiritual experiences um, that, yeah. yeah, it's not of their making. 
right? Exactly. Like it just, it, it's it the presents. Divine grace. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it didn't matter at 12. I still had to do all the shit that everyone mm-hmm. else has to do. I had mm-hmm. to learn to not be an asshole, mm-hmm. still learning, mm-hmm. uh, not be a jackass, still learning. Uh, all those, all mm-hmm. those things had to still be, you know, there. I didn't have the plan for my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big emphasis on that in, in the, in the influencer Christianity, you know, mm. you can know the future. God will tell you what, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so anyway, well, <laughs> you can tell yourself that's how it works. <laughs> you can, you can, sure you, you can, can fool yeah. yourself into it that, you know, that, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and thousands of people do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that just, um, well, you and I have talked about it on a couple of different podcasts, but just, you know, there is real prophetic stuff and, but most of it just bullshit, right? you know, yeah. just uh, parlor tricks, so yeah. to speak. And so, um, and, and you can't really decipher the two. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, you know, and so um, it's one of those weird gray areas that like, yeah, these things happen, these yeah. prophecies happen and, and they're life changing. And, you know, you shared some of yours and, um, and then there's a bunch of snakes, yeah. uh, snake oil salesmen, and and that's just life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even in those contexts, stuff can. It's so diverse, is what I'm trying to say. You know, look at look at the original and the biblical tradition and Genesis. As early as Genesis, you have. Uh, well, there's so much symbolism in just Adam falling asleep. The first, mm. you know, so that's a contemplative signal. Uh, but then you have Abraham, right? The calling of the patriarch. Uh, extremely important figure in all three mm-hmm. religions of the, they call them the Abrahamic yep. religions, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Uh, and, and so there's this very strange story, uh, to us anyway, to modern where he's cutting a covenant with this God, Yahweh. Uh, he sacrifices an animal and puts the pieces of it in a certain pattern on the ground. And he walks between these pieces mm. And then it says he waited all day for something and then into the night and he falls asleep. See, and while he's asleep, he sees, I think it was a a burning kettle Mm. walking between the pieces. That's a strange story. Uh, And then his son, Isaac, the next patriarch, uh, it's a very casual mention. He says he went out one night to meditate. So it was obviously a part of his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then Jacob same thing. He's on the run. He from his own jackassery. He's, he's in yeah, trouble. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's on the run, <laughs> and he's a rascal. And he's and he falls asleep in a field while he's a fugitive from his brother. Uh, and he and he falls asleep, and he has the vision of the ladder mm-hmm. of angels ascending and descending. He sees the fabric of reality. He sees behind the veil in a dream. So so he's sleeping, and and dreams are also a part of practicing silence and so it can happen in any way is what i'm trying to say well and and i I would be interested i don't know if you've um thought through this but um this idea of, of of sleeping of dreams of of um visions in that in in this specific way how does that lend itself to this listening uh, ear, this listening prayer that that we're we're talking about, sort of on a on a bigger, the overarching topic, right? How does sleep and these these sort of things that you just mentioned um, feed, lend itself to that? Yeah, I, I think it's you know even in the modern period, Jungian psychology acknowledges 
the 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 depth and richness of that sleeping world, the dream world, mm-hmm. how important that is, and just basically how important sleep is. Think about how mm-hmm. it's as important as drinking water, eating food. If you if you don't if your sleep gets messed up, your entire world will collapse. Your mental health will mm-hmm. collapse. It's it's like the first uh, the first defense, I guess, against mm-hmm. uh, you know all kinds of disorders. Well, it's hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but I was just talking about this recently with someone. Their their daughter went to boot camp about a month ago, and we were, you know, she she's a mom, so she's worried, yeah. right? And and um, I was trying to like reassure, her, like, yeah, it's crazy, but it's not it's not as crazy as the movies make it out to be. The you know, boot yeah, camp yeah, is not yeah. the movies. GI Jane, yeah, the, it's not the <laughs> movies. It's like the the worst part is the sleep deprivation. And mm, yeah. they start with that because they know it's then easy to fuck with someone and to see like, yeah, yeah. cause, cause it, there is, there is a weeding out process. Like we don't want just everybody in the military. Right. And so, so you don't want Bill Murray and John Candy. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, John Candy probably wouldn't have made it, but, um, but, but, Ramis, but don't forget Harold, Harold Ramis. It's one of my favorites. It's the easiest thing to deprive someone of. Yeah. To, you know, like you said, like, to very easily yeah. collapse. And, you know, I just look at myself now, like when I don't get sleep the next day, I'm yeah, fucking your irritability. <laughs> I'm so and those irritable. are the, yeah. And so if you have underlying issues already, which many, many, many people do, mm-hmm. it, it's gonna, it's gonna really radicalize you and mess you up. Uh, and, but there's a creativity there. So it's the, it's the field of creativity. I don't know if it's true, but you know, the internet told me that, uh, uh, Salvador Dali, the the, the surrealist painter mm-hmm. with the dumb mustache, uh, walk around with an aardvark, aardvark on a leash. Really? In Paris, so France. It's just a little bit of a showman, oh. but apparently he would uh, sit in a chair with a heavy metal ladle in his hand and then would start to dr- drift off to mm. sleep. And then he would drop the thing on a you know tile floor and it would wake him up so he wanted to be in that between mm-hmm, zone mm-hmm. so that he would you know that's amazing come up with ideas for painting and well the, a handful of my favorite comedians specifically talk about either one rep- recording their podcast after midnight hmm. because they're in that in between yeah the, sort of the absurdness is upon them yeah. or um writing late at night yeah so the last thing they do is they'll write out just ideas, right? Yeah. Like not either, they're not trying to formulate a joke per se, but right. concepts for jokes. Yeah. Um, Get yourself in a loopy kind of state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight even, is where the day begins, someone said. <laughs> and well, even um, Saturday Night Live is well documented that they work three, four, five o'clock yeah. in the morning to, yeah. to write their sketch. It's a lot of cocaine. Part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who's not, who's not doing drugs? It's creative. Even in the white house, <laughs> especially in the white house. Nobody even if claimed anyone, <laughs> Cause they were all doing it. They don't know whose it was. <laughs> or you can picture Dave Chappelle coming. Y'all got any more of that cocaine? <laughs> Scratching his neck. Everyone checked their pockets and they're like, no, I got my cocaine. <laughs> Everyone had their bag of cocaine. They're like, yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, so, so to continue the sleeping thing to sort of the next iteration of that is, is um, I, or I might be skipping something. So if we need to backtrack, but um, the, the garden where Jesus falls asleep, right? right. That's, yeah. that's yeah. sort of the next 
iteration in this this scripture tradition. Well, he's awake, right? Uh, and they're oh, asleep. Yeah, 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 the disciples yeah. fall asleep, and he rebukes them, which which kind of yeah. So in Christianity, because of that, in, especially in the monastic tradition, because you have people like Benedict, I think said if if a monk can sleep two hours, he's a real fighter. Uh, <laughs> you know, you should Meaning. be able to. What's that? Yeah, keep going. Keep yeah, going. so you should be able to pray around the clock. And, oh, uh, so there's this, yeah. So he said, yeah, uh, an average monk should get four hours of sleep, but if he was a real fighter, he'd get two. You know, that kind of... If he's, so, Rocky, if he's Rocky Balboa, baby. Yeah, so it just becomes this, <laughs> I think, detrimental. You yeah. Know, uh, I don't think it's, at least maybe it's my contemporary sensibilities, but, uh, but yeah, I, I say go into the sleep and... And and just have an openness to for the spirit to speak to you, uh, mm. the, the the language of the Holy Spirit are dreams and visions, and uh, and intuition, you know that that those kinds of things, and so. Um, well, and that's the thing we talked about last week that that this not idea this, our intuition and, and our ability to yeah, trust yeah. to trust that exactly, and you you just and you you know it's all a learning process. You have mm-hmm. to go forward and fail get embarrassed and keep going, you know? So, yeah. So sort of as we, as we move into, um, the, the final part of this podcast, what, so we've kind of laid out this path towards this idea of listening prayer and a contemplative lifestyle. And, um, within the con just, you know, we, we, we're always talking about Christianity, right? But, you, yeah. you know, earlier in the episode, you were talking about how it's easy to like compare notes with, you know, across, yeah, yeah. across, um, religious contemplatives and sort of, I guess like a big question, right. Is like, in my opinion, contemplatives are a very important part of the world, regardless of what religion they identify yeah. with. Yeah. Right. And, and so do, how do you see that moving into the future of, of um, you know, everyone has their own little contemplative sack, but, you yeah. know, sort of a, a grandiose idea, I guess, which I know, I know you're not, you're not always a fan of, but, you know, as, as, you know, as we move into such a new way of life with technology and just everything going on in the world, um, how can these contemplatives sort of compare notes and help each other grow and evolve and, and just sort of continue that tradition of contem- a contemplation, contemplative life. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of Buddhist saying, I forgot who said it, but you know, you can practice, anybody can practice Buddhism and they don't have to be a Buddhist, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's same with Christianity. It needs to be that, uh, what Bonhoeffer called a religionless Mm. Christianity, uh, where you can practice compassion and not have to be, uh, you know, uh, a creedal not, Christian. You know? Well, not make the Sunday obligation mass. Or, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you'll be a mortal sinner. So I, I would think that would be the future. I mean, I think it's going to be the same as it always has been, as right. David Byrne said in Talking Heads, same as it ever was, uh, which is the outer crust. You always have the religious. Mm-hmm trappings and they have the power and the money and and that's not going to change you mm-hmm. know and, and they're going to bring oppression to others mm-hmm. uh, and they do it in every religion it's mm-hmm. it's you know buddhists don't get off on uh 
off the hook on that. No. Go, go look at Myanmar mm -hmm. and the history there. It's horrific. Yeah. Um, Christianity, we already know our sins, yeah. you know. And, uh, and so, um, so it'll always be a still, small voice. And again, mm -hmm. that's uh, from Elijah. It's a great, um, an amazing story in uh, the Hebrew scriptures about the, the prophet Elijah. He, he runs for his life in the wilderness, uh, goes into a cave, uh, finally hears the voice of God, <clears throat> excuse me, saying, uh, you know, stand out, mm. present yourself to me. He stands at the, at the opening of the cave, and then it says, you know, an earthquake came, but God was not in the earthquake. A, a, a fire came, but God was not in the fire. Uh, a wild wind came, God was not in the wind. But then a still, small whisper mm. came, and that was God. And he covered his face with his hood and uh, and then had a conversation with, with this divine presence. So it would always be a still small voice underneath all the the activity of, of earth, you know, in the world, right. that kind of thing. Um, the future of Christianity is not going to be liberal in its theology. It's not going to be progressive. Uh, the majority of Christians are in Africa and Central America and they are currently, such as in Uganda, passing laws to put gays to death. Mm. So they're they're an extreme right wing mm -hmm. version, and that they're they hold the future to the the outer religious core. So there's not going to be some progressive liberal awakening in Christianity in in our lifetimes. But, but there will be those sects of because there always there. has yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, yeah, here's a good example, yeah. a historical example. So you have in early Christianity, uh, some theologians call it the age of faith. In, in other words, not belief, but faith. Mm. The experience of presence is what we're talking okay. about. Yeah, the yeah, experience yeah. of this resurrected uh, Christ, the, ex uh, the experience of community, the Holy Spirit in community. So it's the age of faith. And then it quickly became the age of creeds or beliefs. Mm. You must believe these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but underneath all that, there were, you know, you have figures like St. Francis of Assisi. You have people like John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila systematically teaching the, 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 the prayer of the heart. In the Eastern Orthodox, it was always there. Mm. The prayer, of uh, the Jesus prayer, yeah. the prayer of the heart. Uh, and then, you know, the age of region, reason pops up, you know, in the 1500s. And, and it just, and it gets basically outlawed by the religious. So, you know, you have to be thinking thoughts mm. when you pray. You can't just be still. You have to be thinking right. thoughts and saying words. Uh, <laughs> and these words need to match with the, what we tell you with these creeds. And so, so that goes on for hundreds of years. The Protestant Reformation occurs, and it's a product of the age of reason. So there's no tradition of stillness or quietness, mm. except for underneath it all, this very strange small group called Quakers. Mm, right, uh, right, right. Who, who come up. So they've always been there. And again, the, the solidarity and be, service, yeah. totally connected to the silence that they would practice. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, so there's always these, these uh, strange ones underneath it all. Uh, and sometimes they get noticed and persecuted. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... Well, they, I mean, even historically in Central America. Yeah. All the priests and nuns that have been killed. Yeah, yeah. For being there. commies, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you care about the poor, then you're a communist, right? Mm -hmm. If you yeah. So so yeah, so so it's always been 
that way. You know, Islam, same thing. You have the uh, uh, you know the teachers, the mufis, and the and, you know and doing their thing. But then you have this small sect called the Sufis. Mm. Who just simply dance? That is their theology. They dance, they spin, mm-hmm. uh, and they read Rumi, the poetry of Rumi. You know, and this this divine language of love between beloved and lover. So, so yeah. So that's, that's beautiful, man. Where it's at. I think that's where we land the plane. Unless you had anything else on your your heart and mind this morning. Uh, I would I would say it's an amazing thing that why would the Creator, why would the almighty divine actually have a longing in her heart for communion with us. Mm. That's an amazing thing. And when that longing, that eternal longing in the heart of God reaches the innate longing in the human heart and those two combust together, it's an incredibly life transforming thing. That's amazing. Yeah. You got anything to add, Mr. Danny? (laughs) He gave us a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, thanks, thanks again, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Masson. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone for tuning in. Um, thank you to Danny West. We appreciate you in the house. Thank you to Jacob Nedia. Uh, that's what you hear in the background with monk drums. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and please support, uh, David's book. Please. Dreamwalkerway.com. You can check it out there. We got, we've gotten some orders in the last uh, week or so, so. We're always grateful for that. And haiku poetry, or as we like to call it, discount poetry. Oh, it's, or as someone told us the other day, oh, that's not real poetry. Yeah, it's not real poetry. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm five foot four. I'm a short man. Does that not make me a man? Am I a boy? Because I'm short? Or as uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State's football coach, I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. Uh, so thank you, everyone. And until next Tuesday. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. That's a wrap.